Hello and welcome to Afroqueer. I'm your host, Sally Chum. I want to thank all our listeners for all the love for season four. We've managed to achieve a couple of milestones that would not have been possible without your support. One being that this is the most listened to Afroqueer season yet. So thank you. And please share the podcast. We love welcoming people to the Afroqueer family. And we love getting the messages from all the new listeners. So keep sharing the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So we're breaking for the holidays. But we'll be back early next year for the last episodes of season four. And without giving any spoilers, they are incredible. So be on the lookout for those amazing episodes of Afroqueer in 2022. But as we wait for those new episodes to drop, we are super excited to share this amazing podcast we really love called Shithole Country. It's an audio memoir set in Ghana during the 2017 holiday season and is produced by Radiotopia Presents. In this episode, the narrator, Afia, a middle-aged woman living in California, has spent the past few weeks visiting her family in Ghana. She's wrestling with a major life decision. Should she leave America and accept her parents' offer of a home in Accra? Something big is keeping her from saying yes. And in this episode, she finally shares what it is. You can listen to Shithole Country in podcast directories or at radiotopiapresents.fm. And we are super excited for this show to take over our feed because we love it. So enjoy this episode of Shithole Country. I'm in my parents' living room in Accra. And I'm watching my family joke around with me and my cousin Isaac about our disappointing dating lives. Every single one of my senses is online, poking and prodding the conversation for anything related to a truth I've locked up inside me, like a bowl in a pen. What didn't you say? No, 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 no. Yeah, what's your love life like? I thought you were asking me what my name is. No. What did you say? Yeah. What about it? Huh? What about my love Everybody life? Everybody wants to know. When are you going to bring Mr. Right? Daddy wants to know what, how the wedding dress will be. The sounds of silence. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. Yes. I'm going to tell them. What's up? Um, my phone is the one that's closest to the Oh, that's the phone that's been blowing up. My cousin Isaac, who's on the couch, is asking me to check my phone. Okay. It might be just the family WhatsApp group. It's a text from Isaac. Why is he texting me? He's sitting three feet away. All right, well, it says. Um, uh, don't do this. How did he know exactly what I was going to do? 
uh, Afia. He lives in the Bay. He knows your secret. And he knows how foolish it would be to reveal it. My chest relaxes. And I hold myself still. You can call me Afia. This is the story of my family and our lives in a quote unquote shithole country. country. I'm 20, and my study abroad semester in Japan is just getting started. Whoever said Paris is the city of lights has clearly never set foot in Tokyo. I dodge salarymen in suit uniforms who spill out of fluorescent rooms lined with slot machines, and the music, oh, you feel it before you hear it. Take the Rainbow Road stage of Mario Kart, add a dash of ecstasy, snort the concoction up your nose, and you'll get close to the sensation. Or so I imagine. I don't drink and I've never done drugs. I'm a Christian, but like the cool kind that twerks and sometimes wears low cut tops and makes references to ecstasy. I meet up with the other kids from my study abroad program at a pub called The First Bar, which is perfect because it actually is the first time I've ever been in a bar. 20 isn't legal in the States, but it is in Japan. And I like doing the right thing. 1 Corinthians 10.23 Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. I flag a bartender and exchange a thousand yen bill for a... Let's see here. Hawaii Russia. I carefully sip from the glass that the bartender slides towards me. It's sweet and warm. Soon I'm cupping another glass between my hands. I don't feel anything strange except more warmth radiating from the hollow of my throat. What? Are we going back to the dorms already? Chilly night air rushes into my lungs. What's wrong with my legs? And my chest, my heart is fighting to escape. It's pounding, reverberating in my ears. Too slow, I'm moving too slow. I only had like four drinks and shots are like half a drink, right? Like, I'm not drunk, I don't lose control. Well, when did I get to this platform? 
Somebody's grandma is standing in front of me, pulls out a cell phone, large sparkly charms dangling from it. They're so sparkly. She thumbs the phone, shaking the charms, shaking my heart, shaking my whole body. Oh God. Concentrate. Concentrate. You can make this go away. Get it. The F. Together. You haven't crossed the line. Stand up straight. Because you're not drunk. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. I'm 25, visiting San Francisco for the weekend from DC. And I'm in a different kind of bar, jockeying for space between lipstick femmes and tattooed bushes. My new friend of exactly one hour looks up at me with stars in her eyes. And I can no longer rationalize away the glow of hope in her face. Just do it, Avia. It's, it's so hot in DC these days, you know? And my AC is broken. I have to sleep over my boyfriend's house just to get a little relief. Her eyes flash. The stars are snuffed out. So, you're not queer? Her voice crests along the faintest of edges. The truth tumbles out of my mouth. No, I'm not. It's pride and I'm staying with my queer friends and they said we needed to party with as much glitter and alcohol as possible, but I'm straight. Well, it's most of the truth. I am straight, but the part about the boyfriend is a total lie. Designed to soften the it's not you, it's me death blow which clearly isn't working because this girl's still looking at me like I just canceled Christmas. Let's get you a drink, I announce brightly, dragging her to the bar. I buy her whiskey cocktails to apologize for being oblivious as hell and smile and joke with her until she's laughing again. It's a great laugh. Until my friends melt away and the music surges until her eyes rest on my profile. Maybe we should dance. New friends can dance together. I face her and drape my arms casually around her shoulders. Her fingers brush the skin on my elbows. Such tiny, shallow movements. Something inside me is winding tightly. Too tight. It's going to snap. We level our gazes at each other, and my ears throb with the music. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This. Hey, she whispers. Just do what you feel like doing. Yep, I'm, um, bisexual? I mean, have you seen Jason Momoa? But, like, 
what is gender even? So maybe queer? No, that word feels so political. All right. What I can confidently say is that I am not finding labels very helpful at this point in my life, and I am definitely not straight. I was in denial for years. What could be gay about a teenage girl who's into watching the Playboy channel? But you know what eventually happened. Bar, San Francisco, glitter, pride. I kissed a beautiful girl and, surprise, really liked it. And her. So, not straight. Of course, I wasn't going to go public with my discovery or tell my family. And I did genuinely have a lot of lust for men. So I just focus on that part. Forever. And then last summer, I met up with an acquaintance for what was supposed to be a quick coffee. Three hours later, I stood outside her house in shock, my center of gravity shifting towards a voluminous flower in my hands. A flower she just bought me. She asked me out on a date. The eventual breakup was gracious. The aftermath, grisly. I couldn't eat or sleep for days and turned to prose poetry to try to exercise the feelings. When I realized that I had essentially recreated the opening chapters of the second Twilight book, I knew I needed help. I needed my mom. I swallowed my anxiety, called up Agnes, braced for impact, and just said it. I had my first relationship with a woman. Silence. She said, I was waiting for you to tell me. Is it your roommate? Okay, yeah. I, I see what I did. Okay, that dinner we had last year with my roommate's whole family when Agnes came to visit? Totally suspicious. Yeah, okay. No, I'm not dating my roommate. Agnes immediately countered. Why not? You don't think she's pretty? Your mother. We got on very well. And um, she's a good sister-in-law. When I first got to Ghana during this trip, my dad and I went to visit his sister at the federal agency she works for. After I asked all my questions about Ghana's GDP, we reminisced about how much I loved books as a kid and how I had no patience for fashion or makeup, just like her. I was a carbon copy of my aunt and the opposite of Agnes. For my wedding, she sold my wedding gown. She wanted to, but because of who I, I was or still am, she couldn't do for me what she would have loved to do, like show the styles that she loves so much to, to, to see herself and everybody she loves wear, even you, you know. So, Are you telling me that it was a, uh, you chose a more conservative style? Than I'm she... more conservative. You and I are. You know that. I know that. And, 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 she, she was frustrated with us. <laughs> So it's, it's always fun, you know, but I'm, I'm always 
Uh, I'm always happy to say the joke is on you. You know, you wanted to change me. Now you've got a daughter like me, you know. <laughs> so, so you have double me to contend with. No one's going to sentence me to death for dating women. At least, not in this country. But Section 104 of the Ghanaian Criminal Code does say that, quote, unnatural carnal knowledge, unquote, is a misdemeanor. Super vague, but widely interpreted to refer to homosexuality. Most of the churches here say that queerness is an abomination. Whenever the subject comes up, people's faces twist into cruel shapes and they spit laughter. Even though that part of the criminal code was copy-pasted from colonial-era British law and later fervently supported by some American evangelicals, they think the queerness is the Western perversion. Would my aunt still be proud of me if she knew I wasn't straight? And what about my dad? When he has feelings about something, it's not always obvious. Kwabna is outside on the veranda, crunching his way through his daily workout. He's the kind of person who does not disturb his ways of being, even as they start to accumulate fine layers of dust. I mean, he's been doing leg lifts with Jane Fonda since 1982. T minus 36 hours until I leave Ghana, and he's still in the dark. I know what will happen if I tell my dad the truth. He's not Agnes. Agnes is a fucking tattoo-sporting former Buddhist Ghanaian mom unicorn. If I tell him... His face will twist into cruel shapes and spit disgust. He sacrificed for me. Never complained. All the shit he went through to stay in America, all the shit I gave him growing up. You don't know how many times a week I missed the school bus. And he never got mad. Just stopped doing his chores and quietly ferried me back and forth and back and forth. You don't know how many times he nudged me awake so that I could finish the algebra homework I'd fallen asleep on. I can sacrifice a little too. I can find another way to be. I know how to be disciplined. Even when I was seven and on that couch, I could hold myself so still. I did it for an hour. It's like years in little kid time. I could do it. I can. No, this is stupid. I am so much more than who I choose to make out with. I'm a whole person who has lived this whole life that he has witnessed. And we are making gay mountains out of gay molehills and I'm just over it. I'm telling my dad the truth. Today. Okay, so I'd love for you to tell me, um, I'm curious, how come, how come, let me think, why, why do you want me to be married? 
so badly because you guys have made a lot of comments about it since the time that I've been here. To marry? Oh, we just look at it this way that society, you can't force anyone to do it, but we figure it's good if you see whether you have a partner there that you all can share life with. Yeah. I guess I'm curious, like, do you understand, like, why I say, like, ah, uh, you know, marriage is not my priority? Oh, no, we don't. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's more just, like, my career is so up in the air right now. So, like, all of my energy is focused on trying to figure that out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not anti-marriage or kids, you know, I just think that if I'm gonna have a partner, I want to be a little more sure of where I am in my life before I bring somebody else in and complicate things. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm curious, did you know that I date women as well as men? No. When did you do that? For a few years. Yeah? When you moved to Washington? Yeah. Nobody, because that never occurred to me to ask. I never. I had my first relationship with a woman earlier this year. And when we broke up, it was like a, a few months ago, I called mom. But yeah, I mean, I hadn't talked to anybody in the family about it before this year. You didn't have any idea at all? Nobody said anything to me. If you talk to mommy, mommy never said anything to me. Oh, but it's not about someone saying something to you. You didn't have any idea no, at all. That, that would be the least thing I'll think about, that you would have a relationship with a woman. <laughs> it wouldn't even come to my mind. How does it make you feel to hear this? Very, very sad. There it is. I knew and it. To be talked. In. I knew it. I knew it. But knew it's it. part of life. I, 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 you know, I can't force any, any of my offspring to do whatever the person doing around it. But why, why are you sad? Because uh, I, for growing up and being a Ghanaian too, and. Uh, that thing is such a way, way, way. Uh, uh, it, it, it doesn't come to our vocabulary to any Ghanaian society. No matter who the person is, it, it never comes close to their to their thinking that that their offspring will be this way or I don't know. There's something that we figure. No, that's not that's not part of our life. Do you think it's wrong for me to do this? Yeah, but we can't change you. Nobody. Why can. do you think it's wrong? Because I... Shit, the recorder stopped. Okay, check one, two, one, two. All right, so Dad, yeah. Um, yeah, I was asking you, why, why is it wrong? Oh, I had nothing against them, but... Against them? I mean, technically, them is your daughter. Okay, but you are not one of them. You said you just started. So I don't know whether 
you are with them or you just told me that you just started yeah i just had my first relationship with a woman but i've been attracted to women for a long time mm. so you know i would say one word maybe that's useful in describing might be like bisexual mm. um would you be willing to meet that person if i had a, a partner that was a woman uh, that that would be a very tough thing too. But what can I let me see? I think that would be a very tough thing, very very tough. But again, I don't want to let you down. So, would you be ashamed of me if I got married to a woman? No, I won't be ashamed of you. But I, I, it's what you want to do. Nobody can change you. Going back to your career, that that thing gets to me a lot. We try our best, but it seems like you you relax a little bit. I don't know how exactly this happened, but two minutes later, we're talking about remittances and how my generation is the worst. Auntie is waiting for their gift. I said, oh, not this children that we have. It's oh. Yeah, everybody. Not you alone. Everybody in our generation. When we talk to people, I, I think I think sometimes I feel like, like, like I'm being set up to fail. Why? Because I can see that you're disappointed that that your kids don't live up to this like standard of respect in Ghanaian culture, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you have to tell someone. This is what I need. You can't expect them to to read your mind, you know? And I feel like, you know, if you told us, hey, can you bring this for the aunties and uncles, it's really important, then I would do that. But nobody asked me to do it, and now you feel like, oh, I wish my kids were more like, more like my sister's kids. And that doesn't make me feel good. I feel terrible hearing that. Yeah, like I said. I feel like you didn't give me a chance. I think we did a good job on that. Remember I say that? I know. So we should have spent it earlier on the years, let you all know. So that's why it's over. But that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that... I know Dad has moved on from talking about my sexuality. But when the recorder stopped, I guess my brain did too. It's just stuck. I think it is sad. It reminds me of how how you were talking about, uh, you know, homosexuality and how like that makes you sad, and it's just a way of thinking that you know you're not going to change your mind. It's it's like here's a way in which our two generations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can't connect. Yeah. you know, it's over these remittances. It's over, you know, yeah, idea lifestyle. of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that to me feels sad because. I I think we could if we tried harder, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That's how it that there's nothing that you could change or I could change. It's it's the lifestyle that people live in and life have to go on. Okay. Yeah.
Everything's packed. And we'll drive to the airport after sunset. I just wanted to get a little air first, go for a walk around the neighborhood. Maybe say goodbye to the roosters my mom hasn't marked for death yet. The evening light is long and the air is a little less thick. Easier to breathe. Good for me. I did a hard thing. Came clean with dad. And now it's all out in the open. And it went pretty well. He didn't threaten to stop speaking to me or call me disgusting, and he could have. He could have. What the fuck am I saying? I'm grateful that my own father didn't call me disgusting. In what universe is that okay? It isn't. I can't stop him from being disappointed in me. If that's how he feels, I'm not going to change his mind. No amount of restraint or holding myself still is going to work. He is where he is. And I'm good where I am. That was good to you. You, you. you deserve worse. Oh, hello there. Let me guess. Homophobia, the mixtape. Jacked up in all over the world. Except Sweetness. I got wrong crazy with though. She took all that market share. I recognize that something extremely problematic is happening right now, but I have to say, this beat is fire. You know you have excellent taste in self hate. Where were you before? Then here. She was going on singing. I appreciate you though. Let's get it. Are we still doing this collab nope. or what? No, that's over. How long are you sticking around? Rest of your life. We'll see. Put it, put it in your future and think about it. Right? Think about thinking about living here long term. And if you could, that would be nice. We will help you through everything. Safe trip. Give me a call when you get in. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye what? Mommy loves you. And? Don't let the bed bugs bite you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love you even though you're very stubborn. No, likewise. Yeah. Okay, bye, Daddy. Okay, you too. Just fight for yourself. I will. Okay, and when so you that's start, nobody just give me you. a call. What? 
If you feel lonely and sad, just give me a call. I'm getting a call. Okay. No okay. I'll get out of here. Thanks for that, Mom. <laughs> Bye. 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 Call when you get you. when you get at least in between. In okay. Bye. 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 There is a blonde teenage girl in the middle of this food court at the airport in Istanbul. She's wearing an orange hoodie with the name of a high school on it. I grew up a few minutes from that town. How did we come to share this sliver of infinite space? Thousands of miles away from home. Sorry for the unnecessary poetry. iTunes is on shuffle and Sting just came up. This song is all violins and cellos and evocative ass lyrics and gorgeous storytelling and now I'm fucking crying in the middle of the food court of the airport in Istanbul. I remember being so cold in San Francisco that the tips of my fingers seemed to be permanently tinged blue. I remember being awake at 2 a.m. when nothing moves or even has a shape. It's just darkness. I remember mom calling at the crack of dawn to ask if I was depressed. Because I will cheer you up, she said. How many more parts of myself can I feel when I'm not forcing everything still? I don't want to cry anymore. I squeezed my eyes shut, but... It isn't dark. It's green. I see tropical greenery and a hazy sky. The view from the second story of an apartment building. Fried plantain on my lips, diesel exhaust in my nose. Shades of my family in every face I see. Shithole Country is written, narrated, and sound designed by me, Afia. This episode was produced by me and Mark Pagan. Julie Shapiro and Audrey Martovich are our executive producers. Special thanks to Tanya Katenjin. Cover art by Sindiso Nyoni. And our theme song was created by the incredible Ria Boss. For additional credits and context, please check out the show notes at radiotopiapresents.fm. Huge thank you to my dad for letting me record our conversation. And if you're listening and you're part of the LGBTQ community, I hope you know that you are good as you are. Next, 
and final episode. The beginning. Shiho Country is an eight-part audio memoir set in Ghana during the 2017 holiday season. It's from Radiotopia Presents, a podcast feed that debuts limited-run, artist-owned series from new and original voices. So check out more episodes of Sheho Country and more shows from across the Radiotopia network at radiotopia.fm. Afroqueer is a production of AQ Studios. Executive produced by me, Sally Chum, and produced by Penny Dale. Tevin Sudi and Marcy Berno are our sound editors, and Rachel Wamoto is our social media manager. Our theme song is Power by Maya and the Big Sky. Afroqueer is supported by the Wellspring Philanthropic Fund and the Ford Foundation. You can follow us on all our social media platforms at Afroqueer Podcast, and you can listen to all our episodes on our website, www.afroqueerpodcast.com, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Happy holidays, everybody, and I'll see you next year. I'm Sally Chum. Thanks for listening.